You know, I hate being misunderstood. I hate it. When people misquote me or don't understand what I'm saying, I mean, I hate this when I go to a burger place and I say, mayonnaise, hold the salt with a little tomato. And they get that wrong. I go, no, 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 you misunderstood me. I meant this. Or if I'm more seriously, if I'm talking to my kids and I'm saying, hey, now here's what I need you to know. And, they're, and then they go to their mom and they say, no, 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 Papi really said. Or worse, if I talk to my wife, and boy, has this ever happened to you? You're talking to your spouse and you're going, I'm sure you have good reason for this argument because that's not at all what I said. At all. Has that ever happened to you? Like where you, what, what you're hearing argued back is not what you said at all? You're like, you're having this, you know, knock down, drag out, and you're going, that's not what I said at all. That's not what I said. It happens. Yeah, there's one person who, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be in so much trouble. Oh, that's it. You guys. Yeah, yeah. So what happens so, but, but that's true, right? That, I mean, you hate that. I hate that. But you know what? Um, the place, and, and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you get a tomato when you didn't want it. Sometimes you get salt when you wanted pepper. Sometimes, you know, you get an argument with your spouse. And that's fine. But let me tell you when it's not fine. When we start misunderstanding what God said. When we misunderstand what God said, it affects. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. What you believe about what God says will affect your thoughts, which will affect your feelings, which will affect your actions. You have to know this. That if you misunderstand God, you're going to think wrongly, then you're going to feel wrongly, then you're going to do wrongly. That's why we started a brand new series called God Never Said That. This is our first week, so I'm super glad that you're here. And what we're going to do is we're going to look through uh, some misnomers, some popular cultural beliefs of what God thinks that are simply not true. Today, we're going to look at the lie that says God just wants you to be happy. Now, Watch this. For some of you, you're like, wait, 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 I thought that was true. And I understand. In fact, as I start speaking today, you're going to be angry because your idol is comfort. You don't worship Jesus. You worship the God of comfort, and therefore happiness makes sense to you. And so when you hear me say God doesn't, um, uh, th that it's a lie when uh, you hear people say God just wants you to be happy, you don't even have a compartment in your mind to place that thought. We're going to be talking about that today. Next week, we're going to talk about how uh, the lie that says, God won't give you more than you can handle. I know there's many of us that believe that. And it's just not biblical. It's not true. We say it all the time. Good night, I've said it. Part three. We're going to talk about in this series, it doesn't matter what you do just as long as you're happy doing it. As long as you don't 
hurt anyone else. Doesn't matter what you do. Hey, listen, you're only hurting you. It's okay, it doesn't matter what you do. Part four, we're going to look at it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. As long as you're sincere, it doesn't matter what you believe. Beliefs don't matter. You see, God doesn't want us to walk around with false ideas because these false ideas will produce false feelings and these false feelings will produce false actions. And when you produce false actions, you hurt yourself and those around you. God hates to be misquoted. God hates to be... In fact, there's a passage in Jeremiah 19.5 and God is speaking about his children, his covenant people. And he tells them this. He says, They have built high places of Baal to burn their children in the fire as offerings to Baal. Something I did not command or mention, nor did it enter my mind. See, what the children of Israel were doing was they thought that God said they're supposed to sacrifice their children in the fire so that God would be pleased with them. Do you see how thinking the wrong thoughts could lead you to the wrong emotions, then lead you to the wrong actions. They were sacrificing their children. But listen, beloved, you, we all look at that and we go, how could they? Sacrificing their children to the fire. Beloved, some of us here would sacrifice our children to the God of happiness. Some of us here would sacrifice our marriages to the God. Matter of fact, you don't, you're not would, some of you have. And in fact, the very reason for your divorce was, I'm not happy. See, when we believe wrongly, we'll feel wrongly, and we'll do wrongly. And God says, I don't want you to misquote me. I don't want you to misunderstand me. Because if you misunderstand me, everything else goes bad. So I want to look at how some of us believe about happiness. What's, what some of us believe about happiness. And I should say this. Um, this series was inspired by uh, Life Church. Uh, which I, I don't know, it's, I think it's in Michigan, um, Pastor Craig Rochelle. So the, uh, uh, the sermons, ideas, the sermons, the, um, the flyers, and all that other stuff, they graciously give away, so we're gr- thankful to them. But that's where this, this sermon was birthed. And so if you want, they, has the, they have the same sermons online. You can go check those out. But I just wanted to say that so that you know I'm not original. I don't want to be. I want to be helpful. And so um, w- let's look at some theology some belief systems that we have about happiness. And here's, so here's the three-step belief system or theology of happiness. Here's the first one. You ready? This is it. Whatever makes me happy must be right. Whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. That's the first, that's what we believe. Whatever makes me happy must be right. 
whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. You ever heard this lyric? I can't even remember. This is probably in 50,000 songs. It's, if loving you is right, I mean, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. What? Right, 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 right. Because there's this sense where happy means right, unhappy means wrong. And if you walk around thinking that way, if you walk around believing that way, your actions, you'll hurt, you'll hurt yourself. There's a second theology, a second belief system about happiness. And uh, it's this, discomfort or delay or risk or suffering or inconvenience and obstacles can't be God's will. In other words, if you're working hard at getting your degree and the professor says, no, this paper wasn't any good, you got to give it another paper. Or the financial, uh, uh, um, the financial uh, uh, obstacles became really big. Then you just go, well, 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 I guess God didn't want me to have it then. Why? Why? Because you went through difficulty. You went through heartache. You went through trials. That if difficulty and suffering and inconvenience happen, then this cannot be the will of God. Because everybody knows that if it's the will of God, it just comes like nothing, like no big deal. Listen, listen. This is a false belief system. And if you believe it, what you'll do is you'll do only what's easy and not what's necessary. That means when your walk in Christ gets difficult, you'll bail because your God is not God. Your God is happiness. So here's how it works. What we do is we have a God. It's called comfort. And in comfort is happiness, right? And what we do is we come to God with our God of comfort, and we say, we, we go to Jesus and we say, Jesus, here's our God of comfort, right? We go, Jesus, will you give me more of my real God? Because you're not my God. My God is comfort and happiness. Do you understand? So I need you to give me more of my real God if we're going to have a relationship. Does this make sense, Jesus? Because I want us to be clear. If you give me my real God, then I'll stick and stay. But the moment you don't, I'm bouncing. I'm out of here. I will not abide by your disobedience. And listen, and that, I just explained to you why some of you just came back to church after 15 years. Because God didn't do your plan. God just simply didn't work under your schedule. And because that happened, you said it couldn't be of God. God's not down with me. God's not helping me. Beloved, this is not true. When things are in, if I thought that, I would have quit planting this church 15 years ago. This has been, there has been, you, you know how they say, oh, the safest place in the world? Oh, we should have put that one in this series. The safest place in the world is God's will. It's like, yeah, yeah, walk in God's will for a, a year. Do me a favor. Safest place in the world. You kidding me? Planting this church perfectly in the will of God. I've been homeless twice. It's become an addiction. 
I don't know when I'm going to relapse again. <laughs> Planting this church, I've gone to near nervous breakdowns. Planting this church, I've experienced more pain and heartache and setback, and I would never have changed it for anything in the world because it's what God's will is. But if we believe, if we believe that inconvenience, risk, heartache, then it must not be the will of God, then, then you'll never see the joy. This is why it's so important, especially if we have, especially if we have um, struggles with um, same-sex attraction, or if we have struggles with promiscuity, or if we have struggles with, listen, if you have struggles like that, and you go, oh, and by the way, me too, both of those. Me too. If you have struggles with those, then you can go, oh, this, this is difficult, this is hard, but Jesus, you're enough, because it's what we just sung, but more than that, it's what you are. You are enough. And just because there's setbacks, just because there's difficulties, just because there's things in my emotions and in my heart that call out for something, even though I can't have it, I can know that I can rest in you because my theology of happiness is not that inconvenience, struggle, difficulty, heartache means that it's not God's will. But this is what we believe. So firstly, what we believe wrongly is whatever makes me happy must be right. Whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. Discomfort, and secondly, discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconvenience, and obstacles can't be God's will. By the way, you have notes in your sermon, in your um, bulletin. All this, if you just want, you can fill in the blanks as I write them out. You, you can just uh, do that. If you don't have a pencil, if you raise your hand, one of the hosts will uh, bring you a pencil. Um, just keep it up and they'll get it to you. Um, thirdly, without knowing it, I begin to worship the false god of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. Without knowing it, I begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. Do you remember last week how we talked about the four idols, right? There was approval, there was power, there was comfort, and there was control. Today, what idol do you think we're talking about? Comfort. The idol of comfort. The one that gives you pleasure. The one that gives you delight. Listen to me. This is so important that you get. When we think that without knowing it, I begin to worship the false god of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. Here's what happens. We come into a place like this, and our marriage is falling apart. You get what I'm saying, right? Because nobody... Not nobody. Very few people go to a church because everything is perfect. I mean, if you grew up in a church, it might be just a habit that you do. That's fine. But if you come to a community of believers, it's usually because you're looking for something for God to fix. And so here's what we do. We come with our spouse and we go, and here's what we do. We go, God, come here, come here. Fix them. Fix them and I'm here. I'll stay. I'll give you two weeks. Go ahead. Go do your work. Go ahead. Rock it. You got it. And what winds up happening, what winds up happening is after two weeks or maybe two months or maybe two years, God doesn't fix them. In fact, it gets worse. And you go, I tried that Christianity. I went to church. I read my Bible. I even went for prayer once a month. 
Boy, I tell you, I tried it. It just doesn't work. Why? Because your real God is comfort. Your real God was for God to fix what you thought was a problem. And as long as God gave you your God, it was fine. Beloved, this is not of the Lord. When we think this way, we destroy ourselves. Maybe you came to church going, God, I'm homeless, I have no money, I'm struggling with addiction, help me with my addiction. But you still struggle with your addiction after a while. And God says, listen, 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 listen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not your lackey. I'm not your butler. Because that's not God's primary goal. God's primary goal is not your happiness. You know why? Because we're fickle. Happiness for us is a moving target. Right? At six years old, you want this. At 16 years old, you want this. At 26 years old, you want this. It always changes. God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. By the way, this is the big idea for today. God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him. Did you hear that? Listen to me. God does not want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him. And he doesn't want you to pursue him for the sake of getting your happiness. Jesus is his very own happily ever after. Jesus is wonderful all by himself. Jesus is glorious and fantastic without anything else coming alongside that. But for some of you, listen, I remember I was asked this question a while ago and my answer wasn't the one that I liked. I said, hey, listen, I was trying to achieve something and the question was presented to me. Hey, Ed, if you could have that thing without Jesus, would you be happy? And my answer was, not, not out loud in here. My answer was, mm-hmm, I sure would. And then they asked the reverse question. They said, now, if you could have Jesus without that achievement, would you be sad? I think so. It was a heartbreaking admission for me. Because I realized in that moment that Jesus wasn't enough for me. That while Jesus is enough, that he gives everything that I could possibly ever hope for. He's my delight. He's my comfort. He's my strength. He's my reward. He's my all in all. I did not find it in him. I was looking to another God to satisfy my needs, this achievement. Listen, is that you? If Jesus doesn't give you that thing that you desperately need, that job, that money, that lover, that clean time, that money, that, that, that house, that success, if Jesus doesn't give you that, is Jesus still Jesus? Is he your all in all? Are you like, nah, thanks very much, I think I'll try Buddhism? Like, if your whole marriage falls apart, is Jesus still glorious? Is you, if your health, if your health leaves you, 
is Jesus still glorious? If your homeless situation does not change, is Jesus still glorious? See, for a lot of us, not so much. Not so much. And so if you're hearing this and you're going, this is true, it's true. Let's listen, here's the good news. You can confess to him right now. Jesus, the truth is, is I'm not worshiping you. I'm worshiping you insofar as you give me my God. You're a means to an end. Nobody, nobody wants to be used. Isn't that horrible when you feel used? It's terrible to be a kid in town, to get your license and get a car, be super popular, and then when you lose, you know, your car breaks down, nobody hangs out with you anymore. Because you realize in that moment, what? They didn't love me for me. They loved me for what I could give them. Do you think Jesus feels differently? But we do it all the time, don't we? God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him. And not pursuing him for happiness, but pursue him because he's a delight all by himself. So, Let's look at the ways God doesn't want you to be happy. There are ways that God does not want you to be happy. It's in your notes. Look at the first one. God doesn't want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. In those blanks, you can also put sinful or stupid. Wrong or unwise. God does not want you to be happy if, you, if it causes you to do something wrong or unwise, or if you like, sinful or stupid. Peter, 1 Peter says this, 115, says this. Let's read this scripture together. One, two, three. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is the number one reason people, I'm, I'm telling you, like I'm, I get as, for a living, I get to watch people make some of the most horrific decisions they'll ever make, anybody could ever make in their lives, and then I get to follow their progress in it. I remember, I remember, back, and by the way, this is not just one guy, this is a bunch of guys. There, there's his wife, she's crying, he's like, this is crazy. Because, you know, he had like three years clean, and so he figured everything out, and, you know. And he realized that she was his problem. And it was like, you know, of course, that makes perfect sense. You know, she was the one who put the stem in your mouth. That makes sense. And so I'm telling him, I'm saying, listen, please, listen. I'm telling you, this is going to pass. Whatever thing you have on the side, it's, it's I'm telling you. You know why the grass is always greener on the other side? Because it has more manure there. Okay? That's why. That's why. I begged him. I said, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. He did it. You know, because nobody listens to the past, right? He goes, he did it. He went ahead and did it. He went ahead and did it. And just the regret and the pain that I've gotten to see him experience for years. Sometimes the eggs are so scrambled, you got to throw them away. Like there's nothing, like there's no fixing this. You just got to live with what's there heartache. But you see this all the time. 
I see this and my heart breaks because I love you. I'm your pastor. I long for good things. I want good things for you. But sometimes your happiness is not the best gauge for those good things. Listen to me. God does not want you to be happy if it causes you to do something sinful or stupid. Case in point. Uh, you and your spouse, you're having problems. There's fights at home. Uh, she doesn't give you what you want. He doesn't give you what you want. And it's an issue. But what happens? You go to work. You go to work and you find someone who just, because every time you see them, they have a chiclet in their mouth and they have their well-perfumed, they don't have morning breath, and you've never smelled what their bathroom habits uh, smell like, right? There's no real life to them. You only see them in a compartmentalized moment in a particular time. And what happens? You go, and they start talking to you, and they said, oh, wow, man, he treats you. And you start telling them your problems with your man, and he goes, wow, he treats you like that. Girl, if I had you, I'd treat you like a princess. <laughs> Buy you dresses every week. I know. I know. And then you start talking to her, and she says, oh, gosh, she just doesn't know what she has in you. She just doesn't know. You're a prize. Just a little prize is what you are. Man. And that leads to flirtation, and that leads to lunch, and then that leads to, you know, you know to, uh, sexy talk, right? And then you start, you know, doubling tundras and, 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 and innuendos and all that other stuff. And then, watch this, the day after you book the hotel, then you come to me, and you come and you say this. You go, is, is this wrong? Is this a sin? <laughs> and then after you get up from the floor, after I hit you over the head with a bat, <laughs> I go, of course it is. He goes, but how could it be wrong? Doesn't God just want me to be happy? And, I, and then, of course, I just weep. I got nothing else to do. I just cry. I mean, I mean it. I cry. I just, I wish, I wish you could see how Satan has blinded you. I wish you could see the death you're going to get. It's, 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 it, the picture that I get in my head, and it happens all the time. The picture that I get in my head is, remember, um, I think it was Tom and Jerry or something like that. And they're, uh, like the little mouse is going into the jazz club. But the jazz club is a big, fat uh, cat with the mouth open. Wedding, you know, it's the Kit Kat Club. Do you remember this? Right? And it's like, yeah. Da, 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 da. And I'm telling you, dressed to the nines, little pep in their step. All the way to death. God doesn't want you to be happy if it's going to cause you to sin because there's death there. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You have to earn death. Work hard for it. But the gift of God is eternal life. And God wants you to have the gift rather than the wage. So God does not want you to be happy if it's stupid or sinful. That means, if, you, if I hear you say, oh, God told me to quit my job, and you got three kids all under the age of five, I'm going to go, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. 
I'm not so sure. If you're dating somebody and you're going, but listen, she's wifey already. She's wifey already. What, what is wifey? Nobody knows. Wifey. Wifey. She's wifey already. And, and we're going to get married. The date's already on the board. We're going to get married. It's only three weeks away. What doesn't matter? It's sinful. It's stupid. Come on. God does not want you to be happy, write this down, when it's only based on things of this world. God does not want you to be happy when it's only based on things of this world. Things of this world. Yes, ma'am. When it's only based on the things, on things of this world. That means, let me help you out. Um, because what happens is, is that we live, especially, now I know that some of you who are watching, by the way, welcome from all parts of the globe. We have people who watch from all sorts of continents, and we're grateful for you watching. Right now I'm going to speak to the Western culture. In our Western culture, we, we, nobody buys, nobody, everybody only looks to, it used to be that uh, an appliance, uh, something, a car, it would break down, you would fix it, break down, fix it. And then when it was done, you bought a new thing. We don't have that anymore. We have what's called the upgrade. Because everybody, know, everybody knows that the iPhone 6 did not make you happy, but the iPhone 7 will. Absolutely. Give me the iPhone 7. That will. Now watch this. What happens? It goes, oh, but it doesn't cost any money. It just, you know, they're just going to add $30 onto my yearly, uh, monthly uh, statement for eight years. <laughs> that, that can't be too much. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you took that $30, just think about this. If you took that $30 for one year and you just saved it, just banked it away, it's $360. What if you did it for two years? Three years? You see, it, it, if, if your happiness is based on stuff in this world that has nothing to do with God, like always upgrading the wardrobe, always upgrading the car, always upgrading the phone, always upgrading the lifestyle, always upgrading, then it's just like, oh, if I have, just have more stuff, if I just have more jewelry, if I just have more clothes, if I just have, if I just have, then I'll be happy. God does not want your happiness that way. The scriptures say in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. I almost want to ask Louisa to sing this. Um, this was the first verse that I, t one of the first verses uh, I taught a class when Louisa was brand new in the Lord. That's how long ago. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the fathers not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So do you see those two places where God doesn't want you to be happy? Does that make sense? Okay. So rather than happy, maybe there's another paradigm that we should think through. Maybe God doesn't want us to be happy, but maybe, maybe, 
Maybe God wants us to be, and this is a loaded term. I have to say this. It's not what you originally think. I'm going to use a biblical term. I'm going to use it because it's biblical, but it's been hijacked. And so people think, people put definition into the word that I'm going to give you. That's not true. I'm going to try to unpack it as clearly as I can. God doesn't want you to be happy. God wants you to be blessed. There's a huge difference. God wants you to be blessed. Say that with me. God wants me to be blessed. Say it again. God wants me to be blessed. Say it again. God wants me to be blessed. Now let's say this whole statement. Now wait, I'll just... Um, God does not want me to be happy. God wants me to be blessed. Can you say that with me? God doesn't want, want me to be happy. God wants me to be blessed. Say it again. God does not want me to be happy. God wants me to be, be blessed. Say it third time. God does not want me to be happy. God wants me to be blessed. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're blessed, then it doesn't matter about the circumstances. You see, if God's job is to make you happy, then if you're not happy, all you have to do is fire God. But if God's job is to make you blessed, oh my, then let me ask you something. Can you be blessed when you get the diploma from the college after not going to school for 20 years? Can you be blessed? Of course you can. Okay, of course you can. Can you be blessed when you apply for that job and you get it? 300 people applied, but they chose you. Can you be blessed? Yes. Can you be blessed when you go to the doctors and the doctor says, you have the body of a 20-year-old. Keep on doing what you're doing. Can you be blessed? Yes. Okay. Can you be blessed if you have a professor who treats you unjustly and because of that professor, you're unable to get your diploma? You don't sound so convinced. Can you be blessed when you go for a job and you're the only one qualified for it, but they gave it to somebody's nephew? Can you be blessed? Can you be blessed when you go to the doctor and he says, sit down. What I have to tell you is going to be tough. Can you be blessed? You see, blessed is not a, a, a replacement of happiness. Blessed is a rest in Christ. Blessed is saying, comfort, you are not my God. Happiness, you do not rule my life. Jesus, I trust you. I rest in you because you are my blessedness. Because it doesn't matter. They could take an arm, but they can't take Jesus. They can take my ability to walk, but they can't take Jesus. My wife could run out on me, and I'm, listen, I'm praying that she doesn't test that theory, but I'm saying she can't take my Jesus. You could take my health. Health is pretty important to me, but you can't take my Jesus. You could take, listen to me, you could take anything from me, but the one who came from heaven to earth to live the life that I did not live and die the death that I deserve to die, the one who rose from the dead and said that I could too, the one who makes a way for me in heaven and a place for me to be with him forever, the one who sent his spirit to live inside of me, the one who gives me eternity. I, listen, you can't take him from me. And so you can be blessed. You can be blessed. And so when your father says, don't call back here again. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. You can go, I'll be blessed. When your 
money runs out and you're homeless, you go, I'm so blessed that you're with me during this difficulty. When the chemo treatments, when after you've gone through your six months of chemo treatments, they go, we're going to need another round. And you don't feel like you can even get up out of the bed that they told you it in. You go, God, there's, thank you for being in this bed with me. I feel blessed. When she runs away and leaves you at the altar, and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought we were going to live a happily ever after. And he, and he doesn't show up. Listen to me. I can be blessed because Jesus is with me. When the sickness won't go, when the tears don't stop, when the heart doesn't stop the pressure that it feels. Because my goal was never to be happy. My goal was Jesus and I got him and therefore... I'm blessed because God doesn't want us to pursue happiness. God wants us to pursue him. Imagine if you lived like this. Imagine. Imagine if just the rest of this week, the rest of this week, you practiced being blessed. What would it look like? Run for the train, and it's like the conductor waited. He goes, oh, there's Cynthia. <laughs> dun, dun. Got you now, Cynthia. You said it. Imagine if it, and, and it's an important train. You got to make it, right? You got to make the appointment. You got to make the job interview. You got to make the whatever. You're going to go, God, I feel so nervous. I feel so anxious. Remind me that you're with me. Remind me that this is not the only train. Remind me that everything is okay because you're with me. And that's my blessing. When your spouse misunderstands you, when your kids rebel against you, when your health b uh, rebels against you, when, God, this is real. This is no joke. This pain is real. Remind me. Remind me that you too suffered pain, but it was for me. It was for me. What would the week be like? I'm telling you, you'd go through less, you know what would happen? You'd be less moody. You know the people in your life? They would say, wow, you're so moody. This week, you've been so even keel. And you'd be like, yeah, you know why? Because I've turned my, I've changed religions. I've turned from worshiping happiness to worshiping a holy God. His name is Jesus. He'll do that for you. He will.